Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Dear God, we know that we can come to you and you can make us whole. We know that we can come to you and you can make us alive again. So Lord, as we conclude this series today, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I think, is this mic still on? I'm hearing a little extra feedback a little bit, so I just want to make sure that's off. So why um, finishing our series alive? And one of the things that I want to make sure that we as a church, we are alive. There's, there, there's a great thing about being a part of a church. Let me say that again. There's a great thing about being a part of a church. Amen. That's how exciting it should be. That's how we should have uh, going through our hearts and through our minds as, as we get to do this thing here. And you know what I'm saying, this thing here, I'm not just talking about worship on Sunday morning. I'm talking about the things that we do outside of this building, but this helps inform us, this helps us encourage us, this helps us grow as we become the hands and feet of Christ into the world around us. I had a chance to do a uh, men's retreat right after I became fully ordained in, in the church. I was appointed to go to uh, First Rowlett, uh, the church there. And when I was there, I remember sitting around a staff meeting shortly after I was uh, sent to that church. And uh, word started to talk about a men's retreat. And the senior pastor, Jan, she had a big old smile on her face, and she looked at me and said, guess what, since you're the newbie and that you're a man, you get to lead the men's retreat. And I'm like, yay. Because I've done some stuff with youth here or there, but I, I haven't had a chance to lead a men's retreat where I had like four or five different teaching segments that I had to do. So I had to figure out what in the world am I going to do, and I landed on our passage today. And, and the passage really revolved around the part where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I uh, started to think about that plan and everything, and the guy who uh, was running the whole retreat, the layperson that was running the retreat, he, he had a table set up where he had sign-ups and everything, and he said, I want to put up a big like, sign so people know exactly what they're signing up for. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's what you do every year, go for it. Well, I, I didn't really double check with him because he did something that really was kind of embarrassing for me. He took the theme of the week was, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he had that in big letters above and below my picture. <laughs> and it was a bad picture too. But there I was in the middle of this poster with the words, apart from me, 
you can do nothing. And I had another associate pastor friend who would not let me live that down my entire time that we were in ministry together. He would do stuff like, he, 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 the guy had too much time on his hands, but he, <laughs> he found an online version of a Bible. And he put it into a Word document and did that little word substitution thing where every single time the word Jesus popped up, he put Chris. <laughs> and every single time Christ came up, he put Everson. So he said, it's your Chris Everson Bible. And, and I, I gave it back to him whenever we departed from the church and everything. But, you know, it was a stark reminder of, for, for me is that this church doesn't depend on me. The, the work of the church should not and cannot depend fully on the pastor and the staff. The work of the church, first and foremost, depends on Jesus. Then as we talked about last week, about the, the, the stone, the cornerstone, and the rock inside the stone with all the walls, the church depends on the people. In other words, as we're going to hear on our scripture here in a little bit, it depends on the branches to bear fruit, but the branches will only bear fruit if it is connected to the vine. Now, our scripture for today is from John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along, or we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow along as well. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus says, let me make sure I make that clear. <laughs> I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciple. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. So if there was one thing that I really want to make sure that you understand from this message today, it's something that I say all the time, but... The main point that I want you to understand is that our faith all starts with Jesus. Everything we do as disciples or apprentices of Jesus Christ, it all starts with him. It doesn't start with this building. It doesn't start with a small group that you may be connected to. It doesn't start with a, a ministry you may be doing. It all starts with Jesus. And once we have that in our minds, and once we understand that, I think it allows us to do the work that God has, has told us to do, makes that a whole lot easier. Because when we start to rely on ourselves to, to provide the nourishment for a ministry, when it comes to ourselves to rely on nourishment to our, our friends or to our family, we will easily and quickly come up dry. We will easily and quickly come up dry if we are not fully connected to that source or connected to the vine who is Jesus Christ. 
There was a Baptist missionary by the name of J. Hudson Taylor. He uh, did a lot of work in China back in the 1800s. And, and he has a quote that, that has caught on with uh, several different pastors, and, and I heard it recently, that went like this. It says, Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord of all. Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord of all. When we think about that quote, the, the thoughts that come to my mind is says, well, you can either reject Jesus or, or you can accept Jesus. You, you can't have both at the same time. You either are a follower of Jesus Christ or you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. Another theologian who, by the name of J.D. Walt who writes this uh, wake-up call that is a daily text uh, that can be delivered to your email or to an app. He recently did a full series on the Gospel of John where he was talking about this particular passage. And he was sharing a little bit about this quote from J. Hudson Taylor. And he said, I think that he has it a little bit wrong. It's not that Jesus is Lord or Jesus is not Lord. It is that Jesus is Lord, period. Jesus is Lord, period. If he's not, we are people, we, we of all people are fools and most to be pitied. If Jesus is not Lord, then, then we need all the pity in the world. But if he is, and, this is the important part, and we don't orient our whole lives accordingly, well, guess what? We are people, we are fools, and we are most to be pitied. See, see with a vine and a branch, if a branch is cut and just kind of hanging off the vine, guess what's going to happen to the fruit that's on that, 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 that branch? Most likely, there's not going to be any fruit. Because even if, if it may be just hanging on a little bit, that nourishment is not going to be able to get down into that branch to help the fruit grow. That's how it is with our lives. If we don't fully give our lives to Jesus, every little part, then we too should be pitied. We too should be pitied because we will not have the life that God has for us fully. Now, we may have a life, and we may have some great things in our life, but as we know, being a follower of Jesus Christ, if we do not have Jesus with it, then it's empty. And you desire more and more and more. And you try to find all of these other things to help fill up your lives. But the problem is, without Christ, it will never satisfy. It will never give you what you fully need unless you are connected to the vine. It's a whole body and soul issue. This last uh, week on Tuesday, we had an all-staff gathering. I got a picture of us all here together. We went over to the pumpkin patch and took a picture talking about your good uh, vine and branch uh, type of thing there. And, and we took this picture, but uh, when we started out our morning together, I wanted to have kind of a teaching for us to listen to. And I found a, a 
pastor by the name of Tish Harrison Warren. She did a speech at uh, the Apprentice Gathering up in Wichita. And, and as she was talking about that, she said, you know, one of the things that I realized is that we become easily disconnected from what God has for us and around us. And part of her talk, she said, I am embarrassed to say that if you were to put up several different pictures of apps on your phone without what the apps were, I would be able to identify every single one of them. Even some of the most obscure apps that you may have on your phone. And then this is me going on here. If, if I bet, I know for a fact that if I were to walk out of the sanctuary and you were to point to a tree and ask me what kind of tree that was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'd say, you know, that's a tree. That's, you know, it's pretty. I don't know what it is. If I go out into the woods and I'm walking around, I may be able to point out an evergreen tree. And I'm probably still going to be wrong about that because we know that there are many different kinds of evergreen trees out there. But it's so easy to be, to be caught up in, in, in things that don't matter. We think they matter. We, we think that they, they, they mean the world to us like an app or a, a something on our phone. But, but the things that really matter, the things that help sustain us, that give us life, we go, well, no, that's a tree. It's a pretty one. I know that it provides you know, the, the whole ecosystem of the oxygen and carbon monoxide and all that type of stuff that's important for that. But you know what? My Facebook app is important to me too because if I don't have enough likes on something, then I just don't feel whole. <laughs> I feel left out. When I post something that I think is absolutely witty and nobody says something about, but does that really give me life? No, it doesn't. What gives us life is being connected to Jesus, to allow him to fill us and to mold us and to move us. That's why it's so important to have Jesus as the Lord of our life. It allows us to take even the parts that we don't have together, and if you're like me, I know I have a lot of parts of my life that are not all together. It's allowing all of my life to be lifted up to him. And next week, we are going to start our stewardship series called Give Sincerely. And you are going to hear stories about how we are connected to the vine and allows Jesus to be the Lord of our lives so that we give sincerely and allow our giving to be a blessing for others. So how do we make sure that we are connected to the vine? I think there are, there are three ways that, that I think of that helps us to do that. The first one, we've talked about a lot. You hear it a lot whenever I share benedictions or the beginning of worship service. We serve together. That is so important to being a part of the body of Christ to make sure that we are serving together. A few years ago, I did a fun fest, and, and, and we did not do a very good job of asking other servants to come and help with that fun fest, and I was out there at the booth all by myself all day. Talk about a meeting. Not because I, I, I love meeting people, I love talking to people, but when you're out there all by yourself, number one, it gets lonely. Number two, your feet start to hurt. 
I, I can go on and on. I'm, part of me, now I'm 51 years old now, so a lot of those type of stuff becomes even more, uh, more, uh, more accessible to my life. But, but it's important. You know, this year, we had several people who, who served as they came out to help with the Fun, fun Fest booth. And it was fun. It was fun talking with them. It was fun seeing them. You know, BJ, I'm going to call on BJ real quick because um, she disappeared on us for a moment. And we just kind of wonder, well, I, I guess she decided that she wanted to go home. And then she popped back up because we, we gave out this popcorn and she popped back in, uh -huh, pun intended, with an empty <laughs> box. And we're like, BJ, what are you doing? So I was just out passing popcorn around to the entire crowd. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant, going out and sharing that with others. So we know that when they get home, they, that they'll see our church's name. And they'll see that they were blessed by you know, a bag of popcorn that they could share with their family that evening. So kudos, BJ, great job. Thank you for doing that. But, you know, there are other ways that we serve together. And you hear that I'm, I'm using the word that we are servants because, as I said a couple weeks ago, we don't want volunteers anymore. We don't want people to volunteer to do things because we know that when we volunteer, it's just temporary. It's something that we may not want to do or we feel like that we are compelled to do. Just like me sitting in a dunk tank uh, last yesterday <laughs> for about 15 minutes. Man, I was so glad when that 15 minutes was over and I was dunked like five or six times. But, you know, I was looking at Tracy going, okay, how much time is left? How much time? And one, once she said the clock hit zero, boom, I was gone because I didn't want to be dunked anymore. But I could have gone back to the booth and talked with more and more people because that gave life. That gave excitement, serving others and being able to be open and available to others. And, and I think the reason why it's easy to do is because of what, what uh, we find in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 10. We are reminded, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We, we use the hospitality that we have, even if it's just a little bit, to share with others and to build relationships. One of the things that I loved when I first came to Royce City Methodist Church was the ability to build relationships quickly. Relationships were built whenever I was first introduced as the pastor of the church to what was called the Staff Parish Relations Committee. I remember walking into the room, and the very first person who greeted me was a woman by the name of Freya Fisk. And a lot of us know who've been around for a while. We know who Freya is. Freya was a, was a character. And, and one of the things that Freya walked up to me, she said, so you're my new pastor, huh? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. Well, guess what? You're going to do my funeral. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a greeting that, you know, I wasn't expecting to receive. And sure enough, the second day that I was the pastor of this church, I did Freya's funeral. Before I preached my first Sunday sermon, the Saturday before we had Freya's service here in the sanctuary. The second person that made an impact to me on that day was Ruth Cherry, who was the SBRC chair at that time. 
and, and Ruth gave me and Tracy a tour around the entire building, and, and, and we hit it off, just like everybody does with Ruth Cherry. Just hit it off and enjoyed our conversation together, and, and, and as we were finishing up, she looked at me and said, Pastor Chris, you are so blessed. I said, well, yeah, I mean, this, this is a great church. I, I'm going to love being here. I said, no, you don't understand. You are so blessed because you are going to be able to hire your own staff. <laughs> Apparently, not, I, well, not because of me, but the, the staff all left whenever uh, I, I, I got here. And, and, and uh, so I had the opportunity to hire my staff. And, and at the time, I didn't think that was such a blessing. Because I'm a new pastor. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the little mind pits that I'm going to have to fall into or whatever. I, I don't want to hit those things. That's what a staff is for to help me. But, you know, it was the best thing ever because I was able to bring in the people to help me grow and to help our church grow and to help us to experience God's love. That's what building relationships is all about. Scripture tells us the importance of building relationships. First, in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toll. And then Matthew 7, 12, words from Jesus, he says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's why community groups and, 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 and study groups are so important. I realized, I was going through Facebook, and I realized how many different groups that we have. I have several pictures of the different groups that have been meeting over the several few weeks. We had the, the crafts group that met just last Wednesday. We had a men's group that meets at 6.30 on the second Monday, uh, 6.30 in the morning. So it's an early group uh, on Mondays. You know, George, George was here for that. I'm trying to think uh, a lot of other people were 8.30 folks. You, know, you are welcome to come to be a part of that. Jam is something that has youth and children coming together and learning about Jesus. My Wednesday night class, you know, the women's uh, simulcast, all of those ways are there to help build relationships. We build relationships so that together we can grow in Christ. What are the phrases in the Bible that I think gets ignored? Which is really sad because it's written a lot in the New Testament. It's the phrase, in Christ. That appears in the New Testament, 172 times. Isn't that amazing? It appears 172 times, and I think it's sometimes that we talk about the least. How we are called to be in Christ. Like in Acts 24, 24, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Corinthians 5, 22, for as in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. Hold on, we have like about 168 left to go. <laughs> no, kidding, I'm not going to go over all of them. But I encourage you to do a word study. If you have a computer or an app, you can like go to Bible Gateway and you can type in, in, in quotations, in Christ, and see how many times that comes up and how we can live 
our lives in Christ. Colossians 3.3, for I for I'm hidden in Christ. All of those things are so important. Uh, there's an evangelist named E. Stanley Jones. He wrote a book called uh, In Christ, Go Figure. And it's a 365-day devotional reflecting on all the 172 in Christ sayings in the New Testament. And, and I have a chance to listen to that uh, on, while I'm driving into the office on Sunday mornings. And, and the words that he says help me to see how we grow in Christ. E. Stanley Jones says this, that the love in God invades me, the peace of God pervades me, and the will of God persuades me, and I am wholly his. That sentence right there shows you what it means to live in Christ. The, the love of God invades our life. Whether we want it to or not, it is there. And, and we have to come in, in, in relationship with that. The peace of God pervades me. That means it becomes a part of who I am. Am. It, it, it comes a part of, of all that I do, and it lives within my life fully. And then the will of God persuades me to share his love with others. That, my friends, that is what it means to be connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. My hope and my prayer is that as we continue to grow, as we continue to love graciously, to give sincerely, to live biblically, to, to belong here. We know that the love of God fuels us and we stay connected to who he is because what he continues to do for us. Let us pray. Oh God, you are our strength. And you strengthen us through the connection that we have, through your love and through your grace. You, you, you connect us. And as we stay connected to you, God, we, we see the fruit that we are able to bear. Fruit that then is able to allow other fruit to be, to be born. Other vines and, and, and branches to grow. So that more and more people are connected to you who is the source of all life. And understanding. Guide us and lead us, gracious Jesus, as we leave this place so that we may go out and serve others in your name. And Lord, we lift this prayer up to you. In the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, and of the great power of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.